You gonna give us the clap mm. again? Hey, little mama, yeah, you heard about me. I'm well, a popular like pee, like a, and clap. I'm on me. Feels so good. I'm rocking to the beat, chilling on the beach like a little beach. Ooh, that's real. Ooh, my face looks good on your chest, Levi. Ooh, my face, your chest, my face, your chest. Uh huh. It's a oh yeah sundress. Oh yeah, it's coming. I'm done. It's the Heckleproof Comedy Podcast. With Zach Bolton and Carl Lee. And Maddie J. Welcome, welcome, welcome. To the Heckleproof Comedy Podcast with your host, Maddie J, <laughs> Zach Bolton, and Carl Lee, and sometimes producer Levi Anderson. Levi is the uh, is the behind the curtain like Oz. Right? Levi is in the closet producer. He's the slightly okay and less powerful <laughs> yeah. Oz. He's back there. Slightly with, okay. I am the powerful Oz. But no, Levi never wears pants. Right. No. Well, Ironic we enough. We won't give him his own camera, so he just hijacks exactly. him Exactly. He just sits back there with we're no just, pants We're on. just over here looking at Levi's dick the whole time we're recording. <laughs> if, you ever, if you ever see like a really Whoa. unpleasant look on any of our faces in any of the podcasts, it's he just got erection. junk he just is got out again. <laughs> and he got erection. Like, Starring Levi and little Levi. It's like, who triggered that erection? Which one of us got? Right. <laughs> And it's the t-shirts. It's the new t-shirts. It's it's all a, that's, that's how we right. know. That's how we know if we're doing good in the episode. Levi's erections are brought to you by <laughs> questionable content. Oh god! Hey, Levi just brought up these t-shirts. Hey, hecka proof. We got Heckle that proof. merch. Look at that shit. Mm. Carl wearing a double X. It's also a twin size bed sheet. If you need sheets, we got them. Mm. We do. Who Carl, doesn't? Who doesn't want to lay down on? And all three of us and yeah. just snuggle in for a nice sleep. We call them ski Can you imagine? Ski. I think we should make sheets, actually. Yeah. With the heckle-proof <laughs> ski-ski sheets. Heckle-proof ski-ski sheets. Coated with a special coating to prevent skis from absorbing. As soon as it makes contact. They're the most uncomfortable one-time use Wicks sheets. Wicks away moisture. <laughs> but it dries up as soon as it makes contact. There's right. no wet spot. And no chance of pregnancy. <laughs> Is that... So why did you guys get t-shirts with Donny Osmond, 50 Cent, and Eugene Levy on them? Oh, right. shit. That was oh, good. Oh, shit. Wait, which one's Eugene Damn. Levy? You. Wait, why'd you call me 50 Cent? That's you. weird. Why would you call me 50 I would, Cent? I would rather be you. Eugene. If I can be Eugene Levy, I would rather be him. Is that Eugene? Yeah, Eugene. Mm-hmm. I got the you eyebrows know who that for is, it. don't you? Yeah. Man, it does got the eyebrows. Chevy to Levy. I'm jealous of your eyebrows. Really? Yeah, them shit's nice and dark. Not my it. comedy, though. That's nice. <laughs> awesome. Where'd that come from? Like, I'm not at all jealous of your routine, but you have good eyebrows. I'll give you yeah. that. good-ass eyebrows. Where'd that come from? Jealous of the rhyme in the rhyme routine. Hey. <laughs> got good-ass eyebrows. So he what? Does. He does. What? Let me uh, see your eyebrows. Let me see your eyebrows. What do we have sitting here on the table? This is alcohol that Carl brought us since he doesn't drink alcohol. Man, let me see that shit. Mm. Uh, let me see that shit. That's one thing about being... A famous comedian in the Rogue Valley. People just love to famous. feed your habits. <laughs> but I don't have one except for my love for you, Jessica. <laughs> That's my habit, girl. Well, you have yeah, a how habit. How did you get that? To you, you, Carl, you probably drink a shit ton here. Take you do have exactly. a you have a habit. Yeah. Of, you have a habit you of busting into R and B. I would say that's a habit. There we true. go. So he just is dope dude, man. I always come through. I think he's based out of Sacramento, 
But this is the company that he uh, works Sacramento, for. Sacramento, California. Trust me. Is the Academy Awards taking place? Yeah, maybe. I think so. Actually, this alcohol is like at Academy Awards. It's something, he told me a story behind it, but. But we didn't remember it. He comes exactly. He comes in town once a month, and um, he just pulled out a bunch of this shit last night, man, and gave me in the comics some alcohol. So he just like swoops in like some kind yeah, of alcoholic exactly. angel. The shit is called ah. trust me. That isn't that the shit? Like that's what you pull. Trust before, me. That's what you trust pull me, Daddy. On a first date. Yeah. All right, let me see that. I'm gonna try something. Trust me. Pop it. I'm gonna try something, and then I want Zach to try this. Oh shit. If you're interested in sponsoring the Hegel Proof Podcast, this is an example of what we can do for you. Ex- oh, that was good. So here's what it is. You don't even have to turn in the script. Oh, shit. We take your product, mm. and in real time, we design a commercial for you a live commercial. on the air. It's exactly. about to happen right now. Because So hey. first of all, all I have to do is look at this so I know what I'm saying. So this is a, uh, all right, it's a ready-to-drink pre-mixed margarita called Trust Me, Made in America. Got it. That's all I need to know. You ready? This is how good we are at Hegel Okay, Proof. here we go. Here we go. And scene. When you step out of the box and go out on that wild Friday night, you want something new, oh, different. Yeah. You want something that makes you feel visceral and alive. Visceral and you alive. want something that you can hand to a woman that makes you seem even more questionable than you already are. Oh, yeah. You want a bottle of liquor you pulled out of your pocket that didn't come from the bar that says, trust me. Yeah. Totally not made of uh, chloroform and or <laughs> Bill Cosby and or Bill anything Cosby. else like that. It's just a regular old normal bottle of alcohol and you can trust it because it's in this beautiful font and it's white, which is easier to trust. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. Another thing you'll love about this bottle is that it's made in America like most of us were. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Trust me is a pre-made margarita mix that doesn't require anything except for you to just go with it. Let's face it. Just me. go with it. That's what we all do on a Friday trust night at the end me. of the bar call anyway. <laughs> Crack open a bottle of Trust Me and get ready to get pregnant. <laughs> and get ready to get pregnant. I feel like it would be this, hilarious to endorse this with like Bill Cosby doing exactly. a commercial. <laughs> exactly. So what would your commercial be for Trust Me, Zach? Again, we got to show him. We got to show him our talent, man. Well, I'd, like I said, it would have to be Bill Cosby doing it, leading the way with the with the commercial. You see, the margarita mix, <laughs> and to get the, I don't put anything in it. So we promise you can drink it, the seal's not cracked, and you can trust me. <laughs> the, seal's the seal's not cracked. <laughs> but you will be. We're going to have some fun, and the rules <laughs> <laughs> Tinder is brought to you by Trust Me. Trust Me. <laughs> Say Trust Me or Thrust Me? Both. <laughs> trust Me, trust, then trust me, me, baby, baby, Thrust oh, Me. Uh. <laughs> I like that we just uh, trust this random alcohol that somebody yeah. shows I up know. and drops and off. We, we just plug, we just we plug this guy. We just plug this guy so hard. Well, I was about know. to get to our own ahead, sponsors, but she gave us a four dollar ball of alcohol and we plugged exactly. the shit out of him. <laughs> we gave him a four hundred dollar advertisement. I feel like we just plugged Magdog twenty twenty from the Mag- local oh, fucking thrift store. I mean, that was live. That was live on the spot comedy. That was solid. That matter of fact, that was the kind of comedy you can't normally get access to. Nah. This was live up front. You yeah. guys all witnessed yeah. writing happen in the moment. And that kind of show can only be brought to you by Oh, oh uh, Chadwick's <laughs> and well Hawaiian Hut. 
The Point Pub and Grill, and Courthouse Family Fitness, as well as Rogue Comedy Underground. <laughs> as well as show them what they've won. Yeah, Johnny, he's won a brand new episode from Proof Comedy Podcast, brought to you by the sponsors just named. <laughs> uh, that's probably how them DJs look, too, right? <laughs> just make a stupid face. Fat fuck, man, you buy. It's always the sportscasters that talk that way. It's like but, that old sportscaster thing. He's on the uh, 20 and the 10, and he's going in for the kill. Oh, and Harry he's taken out by the knees right at the three-yard line. That's Harry Carey. Will, exactly, yeah. Will Ferrell used to do Harry Carey. Yeah. And he'd be like, Barry Balls is right. up so bad. But Here no. comes the pitch. <laughs> but whenever I would do radio, I would come into town. You got to do radio to start off the weekend. Yeah, yeah. And they look nothing like they fucking sound. Mm-mm. Especially if the chick voice sounds so cute and hot. <laughs> she was like this I did. old 68-year-old <laughs> chain smoker <laughs> and shit. Like, you, you switch My your voice up? She's, she's 87 and her yeah. name is Gladys, but she sounds like she's 35 yeah. and working at Sex Hotline. And My st- name is Stephanie. And, and you the get only one like, allowed Hi. to smoke in the building because she's been there from day one. <laughs> Right. I actually that's and true. And she smokes cigars for some reason. <laughs> I did. I was a radio DJ for like two years for like one hundred five, one the Wolf, 90, oh, damn. 937. I did that shit in like two thousand thirteen, and I I I didn't do any lives. I did a couple live things, but I did mostly just recording in between the songs. Mm-hmm. But it is like that. The faces do not match the they voice. They don't ever, never have ever. It's I feel crazy. so bad too because I'm crazy. just looking at them. You like, could almost say uh, that was like a mental trip or a mind trip or yeah. something to do with your mental health. Well, that's how it is with Jack, Zach's generation. Them Jack, motherfuckers Mike, text. Mike. They don't talk on the phone. No, so. socially awkward. Yeah, exactly. Right. You don't recognize the voice. You get in person like, oh, what yeah. you sound? I don't know who this is. Yeah. Who let this your is? Phone, text me first. Let your fucking phone ring right now. You looking at the bitch like, what the oh, fuck? Do I have to answer it? I'm calling from inside the house. Who is that? It says mom. Who the fuck is mom? <laughs> yeah. I don't and know you, them. You know what I hate? No, my kids There's no that, last name. It just says mom. Come up. Who is dad? <laughs> right. I don't know nobody by that name. Oh, my God. <laughs> but you know what I hate? is like, don't just call me. Text me to tell me you want to call me. Yeah. You're an honorary millennial. That makes you an honorary millennial. You know what I mean, though? It's like, man, just don't be calling me. I don't. Right. You don't know if I want to talk to you. That's Text a, me first it, and say, hey, man. So you get mad when I call you, Carl? Because I call yeah. you all the fucking time. Yeah, see, sometimes, like, like, why and, can't this motherfucker give me a heads up? And, like, the, the boomer generation hates it when you text them because then they got to yes. do something with their thumbs. Yeah, exactly. So, like, it's all a generational exactly. thing. How but, dare you yeah. make me use my thumbs? What do you want me to use do? my lips? Why didn't you send me a handwritten letter before you said you were going to text right. and call me? How come you didn't send a telegram? Like a good son would. Beep, 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 beep. Why do you put two stamps? You didn't make it. You could have used a pigeon like (laughs) our people do. (laughs) You just (laughs) Whatever happened to carrier pigeons now, it's about cell phone carriers. Right. Well, what are we talking about today, boys? I don't know. You tell me, fellas. You you go ahead. You go ahead. You do it. Well, it seems like a subject that maybe men are afraid to say. Oh. Because you guys are... Are avoiding it. Oh. Erectile dysfunction. Oh, it's such a metaphorical introduction to this topic because most people do avoid it. And the topic is erectile dysfunction. Men's oh. mental, mental health. health. Specifically, oh. men's mental health. Which could lead to erectile dysfunction. Mm. Absolutely. And usually does. Usually. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we're talking about this is because it's a subject that's not talked about very often. Uh, it is very important. It's not really given a lot of credence comparatively. But that's a hard-hitting thing, man. Significantly. For, mm-hmm, for guys to touch on um, mental health. Because I didn't realize, you know, you think of mental health, you think it got to be somebody walking down the street with schizophrenia talking to themselves. No. Mm-mm. 
Every or you think, you know what I mean? That's Somebody run down the street, butt-ass naked. That's the thing our parents never really prepared us for. Like, they can try nah. to prepare you for everything. And I really, with my kids, I've worked really hard on this to help them realize that the hardest thing about being an adult is mental health. Yeah. It's not showing up to work every day. It's not keeping your commitments and truth. honor and your word and all that stuff. It's the days where you don't want to get up. Yeah. Those are the days that you, man, if you could teach your kids nothing else, teach them about those days and you prepare them for what that's like to face because right. man, those internal battles Huge. are often greater than any external battles mm-hmm. that you're going right. to ever have to face. Because whatever you got going on, you're going to, you're going to show up with it. You're going to show up with it. It's going to color you, your behavior, but worst of all, it's going to rub off on your friends. <laughs> Carl's, <laughs> Carl's got a peer pressure. This is a peer pressure cigarette. Got, Carl likes Zach Black sometimes. Right. <laughs> You know what you got to do to fuck with the viewers? Is, He's stupid, is, dude. I like that. Black so Here's what you do is hit that, and then when Zach says something you don't like, just put it out right on his arm. You know what I mean? And I just thought, <laughs> yeah, it, actually thought it was look real. At, hey, guys. Like, oh, hey, motherfuckers. Look, look at how fucking look tough, how tough I Zach am. is. <laughs> Zach is. Yeah. Show you Joe Rogan. Fuck <laughs> you, yeah, steve Joe Rogan can't do that. Zach in the octagon. <laughs> yeah, fucking Joe Rogan. <laughs> but men's mental health yes. is... Uh, Honestly, it's a thing that most of us as men avoid talking about until right. well in our thirties mm-hmm. or later. Sometimes God, later, sometimes I'm never. Now, I'm, I'm I'm feeling like good for Zach generation that mental health is talked about more. Yeah, therapy. Well, it was my generation that really it became okay for men to talk about their feelings and how and 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 emotions and things like that because it was always a stigma that you know. It was your man. You don't need to talk. You don't about talk about that. Feel. You don't talk in, about in your that. generation. We're such little bitches that we had no choice. We <laughs> yeah, had to true. accept it. You know, true. we just had to true. like listen to what they said. You did, man. Like I grew up. Um, <laughs> I have to listen to you, and I can't beat the fuck out of you. This <laughs> <Right>. is stupid. <laughs> I'm Gen X. I don't understand how to, to deal with this without violence. What happened to the world? <laughs> so it's like I see. I see, you know you you show up as a kid in this world, and yeah. me. I was raised a lot by my grandparents because I enjoyed mm-hmm. being around them. But guess what? I would They had mental health issues, but I never knew it until years, years. You told right. a grown ass man they passed away. Like what? Grandmother had that going on. Yeah, she had trauma like that. Grandma, they never like, showed it. They never showed. No, it. No, they didn't. Mm-mm. And then let and, alone talk about it. Suppressed. And my mom. I remember my mom opened up about being depressed. Right. I remember as a kid looking back, like, damn, you were like she slept a lot. She avoided yep. huge yep. depression. She sorry. avoided. She, my mom. My mom used to have me call in to work. I'm like ten years old, telling them calling the job. Like, my mom not feeling good again. Oh, I thought you. <laughs> I thought you said you were working at no. ten. My mom used to I have was me ten years old. Yeah, my working. mom was batshit crazy. I was working at ten. Yeah, yeah exactly. she was just. My off mom in was the weeds. My mom was sleeping, and yeah. I had to call in to work, take care of her when I was ten. My mom <laughs> used to have me call in to work for her. Jesus. So yeah. for you, damn, your first experience with mental health in any way came from the family. If you tell, if my mom looked back and saw a shift in me when my dad died, right. Mm. When now, was, when you were a kid, did you ever notice any of this stuff in your mom, or you were you bought the line that she was fine? I just I didn't know. I just know. my mom was always good to me. She never fell off. She was always right. good. But when she looking back, I was like, "Oh, you were depressed." You were like, right. "Yeah, I slept mm-hmm. a lot. I avoided life mm-hmm. and just wanted to, you know." And now, have you ever had anything on your end? Have you ever felt that as like a long term thing, more than like temporary depression? Have you ever felt that as like a thing that comes back or not? You mean for my own personal shit? Yeah, yeah, man. I remember, boy. I was going through it, and what, 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 and what it was was, I was very angry with myself, 
and and embarrassed with myself because I dropped the ball in life and I wanted all these things that a man should have and I avoided it because the work to get up and I dug so I dug a hole so fucking deep and I was Mm -hmm. telling myself a story that eventually fucked me up so I'm very depressed and upset with myself because I wanted these certain things in life as a man but you were telling yourself like, oh, I'm everybody fucked. else gets this, but I'm, I'm never going to. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> like it's for yep. everybody else, mm-hmm. but for some reason it, life hates calm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and as I was like touring, that's when it started coming up for me. I want something different. I want, and what it was like, fuck, what do so I do? So was it like a little sign, little signs of success from those risks that made you realize like, okay, maybe I should take more risks? Damn right. It was in, in my faith. Right. My faith, let go, let God. That's right. Once I let go... It was like, I truly got to stop. I got to fucking stop and, and figure this out. Like, stop. I left my relationship. Mm-hmm. I left the uh, full-time tour, and I just stopped and was like, I don't know where I'm going to end up, but I'm not going to stay there. Right. right. You know what I mean? Mentally, emotionally burnt out and, and running from myself, and I'm not. So, like you said, once I started taking little steps to, to make improvement with credit, Make improvement with this and make improvement with that. And and it was just like coming like, man, I'm I'm starting to feel like somebody and and right. and just felt good. So it was helping me come mm-hmm. out of that depression. Cause all I was doing was shoving shit down, avoiding it. It was like, it's never gonna leave. It's depression, always you know? there. Yep, yep. Now, how about with your friends? Have you ever dealt with that within your friend group, someone going through depression? A lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the, the what the reason I'm asking these questions, I'm curious. The same thing for you, Zach. Have you yeah. in your family have you had any of that other than you've shared with us the side of addiction? Yeah, stuff. yeah. Oh, but, yeah. No. I mean, outside of the addiction cycle, have you had any experience in the family with anything like that, or do you think they kind of same way sort of hit it? Yeah. No. The same. I think. <clears throat> no. I think I could. I could definitely see it in my parents much more prominent than like my grandparents. I definitely agree with the grandparent thing. I feel like that generation mm-hmm. was like they yeah. were really good at. It was just. It, it was just a second nature uh, to them. Don't talk right. about your problems. Who gives yeah. a fuck? Kind of right. thing. And then with my parents, it was just they made sure everybody knew that they were having problems or they were depressed or they were going through shit. And so same kind of thing. My mom would just. She didn't really suppress it, but she would. You know, sleep. It. She would sleep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She would sleep. She would play the victim. She would, mm-hmm. you know. Play the victim. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that was a lot of it. And then my dad was the same way, too. Is the same way. No, I'm not. No, I'm a black dad. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, you mentioned before, like, when in your own struggles, mm-hmm. like with gambling, for example, mm-hmm. did that trigger depression for you? Oh, completely, yeah. Like, usually the depression was triggered before the gambling came. That's what I was going to ask you. Is it it one versus the other? Gambling is a symptom. Gambling, yeah. So it was like, depression would settle in, and then it would be like, well, then you get the negative voice in your head where it's like, well, I'm not doing shit. Like, I'm not mounting to anything. I'm not in the right path. And then you kind of just, fuck it, what's wrong with gambling a little bit? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I know, like, personally, I've talked to Levi about like in a joking way, I've talked to Levi about it, about how I feel like every comic has a bit of depression in him. Otherwise, they're not it's really something, funny. <laughs> man, I, I, I'm truly had to look back and try to figure out because they say that, and I'm like, right. I don't know mm-hmm. if I, I don't know if I'm not dark, right? So I don't know. Right. But no, it's not that you have to have trauma. It's just like yeah, every, yeah, every yeah. comic has depression a little yeah, bit. It's yeah. something like you know they look back and say, "Oh, you had to have a fucked up life, fucked up childhood to be a comic." Like, no, no. I didn't. Like, so right. I don't. 
but they like making people happy too. And they although want, it doesn't really help, it doesn't mm-hmm. really. Help. I do feel like it a does. Lot of it, yeah. Richard Pryor, thank you right. for all the shit you went through, Richard. Because but so the <laughs> the reason I ask all those questions and took that time to ask those questions is I personally myself. I've seen it within my family. I've seen it within myself. And so now you've got four of us in a room and we're four for four Yeah, in a room. Yeah. Both in our family's mental health was present mm-hmm. or mental health issues present. And then also in ourselves. So that's a hundred percent. And yeah. the, it's a good thing to bring up. If you are listening to this and you're like, yeah, I'm on the fence about it. Maybe I have some mental stuff, but eh, it's not really time for me to think about it. Might be time for you to think about it because a hundred percent of the people it in this room to think about have issues in their family and in themselves. And, yeah. and we are yeah, yeah. people who, if you met us and you talk to us, are considered to be pretty upbeat, normal, friendly people. We all got well shit. Adjusted. We all got shit. Right. And uh, so, with that thought, I hope you explore this episode and realize that anything that you don't identify or take away as like something that you do doesn't mean you haven't done it right yet yeah <laughs> it might come up for you so yeah. as you listen to this kind of stuff and you think about men's health um it can be preventative maintenance to do this sort of thing it's not always something you do because you're broken sometimes it's mm-hmm. something you do before like you're said, broken yeah because mm-hmm. i don't consider myself broken but i do realize like wait a minute like i was telling you guys about my therapist was saying talking about my teenage boy mm-hmm. And the way my teenage boy reacts, that's a part right. of my mental health. And for the people who yeah. didn't, feel me, who I didn't, didn't, say who didn't know right about there, that conversation, that though, what Carl's saying is like when you communicate, sometimes you you're communicating from your inner child. Your inner mm-hmm. child. And so if you so you come out with something that sounds uh, aggressive or it sounds angry, it's off child defensive. Your inner child yeah. is reacting yeah. to it, not your yeah. current yeah, exactly. adult person. And then the current yeah. adult person, which what I've learned is for him, the adult in me, the mature. Says, 1986 car, shut the fuck up. 1986 car. Relax. Take a seat. Like, this is not that serious. Well, and I think that in our voice. All the adults are talking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Sit your ass down. I think that that inner. Oh, yeah. There you go. Sit your goddamn ass down. Put it out. Put it out, Carl. I can I can I can teach you I can teach you how to very convincingly smoke a cigarette. (laughs) I've been I've been I got it from I can tell you got a little bit. You got a little bit, but but there's some. Madison, you got a little bit. The, the Italians patented it. I mean, if you true, watch an true. Italian oh, the smoke French, a cigarette, right? no, the no. I mean, the French smoked a lot, yes, and they do the French inhale and they do a couple fancy things. But man, the Italians made it a fucking art uh, for them. I think blacks did. Black and milds. A black did. Well, the thing about the black men, like <laughs> the thing about most black men is they like to the cigarette would just stay in their mouth. The, the well, cigarette would just stay in their mouth. Yeah, right. they could be having a conversation what just like fuck, that. What the fuck? What the fuck? Right, they're working a job what going on with and you? smoking at the same. <laughs> not even taking a smoke break. They're just working with the smoke going on. You know what I mean? You had a good time out there, y'all. And like the Italians, the Italians are the opposite. You only hear the last word of the Italians are the opposite because it's. The Italians are the opposite because it's never in their mouth. It's always in their hand. Yeah. Like, you don't even know why they have it yeah. lit because they're yeah, just doing this even, shit. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. The different <laughs> and every time they're mad about something, they flick their ass. You know, it's all, oh, you know what? You know what this motherfucker did? This motherfucker came into my house and this motherfucker uh, right here. But, so but, but also blacks can't even, because they got to tell you a story. So it interrupts right. the lightning up. Yeah, they never light it. They're almost yeah, it's lit. It's always yeah. It's almost always lit. Let me yeah. tell you what this motherfucker. I tell you, man, you better get the fuck. Oh, 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 oh. And that's what I told Mary. 
And then you know what else I fucking like? He's about to light it, and he's like, "Fuck!" I got a friend that's like that, but only with only with joints. Like every time there's oh, a joint shit, in the room, the this motherfucker's like he can't wants, even take yeah. it. He can't even touch it. He's that's just gonna the worst. tell a story. Yeah, that's the worst because everybody waiting on the shit. Like, God damn, that's come so on, waiting on you. All right, we're worried. We got no. Back to that. You were talking about the inner teenager talking, and I feel like that is our internal fight or flight. That's it. Voice right. is what it is. So mm-hmm. a lot of that is based off of emotion. So mm-hmm. when you get that emotional urge to make a decision in the height of a conversation <laughs> or a disagreement or an argument or something. That's when that inner child like your voice kid lashes usually out. comes in and lashes out. Yeah. And then you might say something stupid or you don't. And then you sit down and later on you think about it. You're like, damn, I can't believe childish. I almost said that shit. Or I can't yeah. believe I said that shit. Yeah, yeah. Right. How many yeah. times have you said that? Like, oh, I was being childish. And it's oh, like, a lot. You I'll say the childish. word, but you don't realize what you're really saying. Right. But a, and a the lot. thing is, is what I tell people is make sure you understand this. That teenager in you does <clears throat> serve a good purpose. Oh, yeah. Right. It's certain because that teenager in me keeps my nostalgic. And enthusiasm up for life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's why I still love my Fuck, The teenager in me is a 90s kid. They're just filled with hate and anger oh, and, and, and sarcasm. Uh, not me. My teenager. And a Blockbuster <laughs> membership card. <laughs> I will be the night that I but will for you. That's not 90s, though. That's, that's true. 2000s. Yeah. True. So my teenage boy serves a good purpose. You know, he keeps me, keeps me lively, enjoying life, and looking forward to stuff. But at the same time, the other one's like... Uh, I didn't realize that I'm I I wasn't over getting bullied mm. until not long ago because I didn't realize how much I was bullied, and then I realized as I got older I'm fucking you up now, and I didn't realize it's because I didn't do it then. So now whoever comes across Carl now gonna fucking get it. Cause, right. And I didn't realize that. X shit, gonna man. give it to yeah. you. We gonna, give it, gonna to give it to you. What uh-huh. y'all niggas want? Uh-huh. <laughs> What y'all, what y'all bitches want from my? I got bad. I, my mom, my mom would ask me to clean up my room. Like, what y'all bitches want from my nigga? <laughs> <laughs> You're barking hey, at your, your mom. mom. Hey, your mom, Get where's my dog at? My room, <laughs> I done told you. Hey, your mom, shut the fuck up. Right. <laughs> always, that cadence yeah, that he uses. Hey, your mom, up. shut the fuck up. You said my dad was dead, but he's not. <laughs> you fucking <laughs> lied to me. <laughs> Anybody drink the last white cloth? <laughs> I'm tired of this corn on the cob. Right. <laughs> Fool for less. Lie to me, bitch. You told me there was vegan options. <laughs> I like like he's mad about exactly. something that's really unlikely. Exactly. <laughs> All right, we got to stay on track. This is so funny. <laughs> what do you mean this one from? <laughs> so one thing that I uh, that caught my attention truly, <laughs> Levi's losing his that shit. That made me aware of like shit. I got to really look into some of my um, some of my uh. Reactions, yeah, right. And I was watching which this. one of you is reacting at the time, right? And I was, and I'm watching um, Oprah Winfrey, who's big on mental health because she has a lot of childhood trauma. She opens up, you know, yeah. easily about it. But so, uh, but it was her and this um, uh, Dr. Bruce Perry, and it was called "What Happened to You." Um, Plug, plugged it. This shit. This Everybody here gets a book. If if, if <laughs> you're not if you're plug. not into reading, just pick up, just go Google it. Yeah, like on YouTube, and you'll see when she sat down with him and they did it. But because we come across people, and we see some behaviors, we see some some behaviors, and and we see some shit is going down. That's only a symptom of what is going on truly with the person. And we'd be like, "What the fuck is wrong with you? What's wrong right. with you? Why can't you totally. just stop what you're doing?" And it's like, uh-uh. And the question is, works. what happened? To what you? happened to you? Because it right. like shit. Why is, you is how you is. Shit that doesn't go into a vacuum. 
And this book even explains there's a point in your life as a child when you're taking shit in mm-hmm. and the parents don't even realize, oh, it's happening. That kid is taking that all in. Like, for example, if mom is getting abused by dad, she don't want to leave the dad yet. Right. Wait till they get older when they yeah, can yeah, understand. Yeah. No, that motherfucker picked up at five years old what was going on. You just didn't know it. Mm-hmm. And guess what he's going to do later on? He's right. he's going to be. He learned how to do it backhand. Like watch him. <laughs> and yep. wasn't from Serena and Venus. Hand strong. Yep, from early age. Exactly. He gonna put an Ike Turner. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's it. Uh, he gonna put an IT on your ass. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, though. So yeah. And and I had to ask myself, like, is there something that happened to me? Mm-hmm. There's, some, there's, there's something that happens to all of us that makes yeah. us how we are. And that's like uh, they say, most of your personality traits are ba- actually based on fear. If you boil it down. It's a very basic level. So literally, uh, it's like 60 to 70% of every decision you make is actually based on mm. fear. And people go, oh, no, it's not. No, it's not. But you think about it. It's like fear of losing your job, fear of not having food, fear of not having shelter, fear of not having love, fear of not having so a hungry ticket, fear. fear of not fitting in, fear of not fear. dressing Ooh. the right way, fear of not being far enough forward in your life, fear of something in your life breaking you can't afford, fear of your finances. Like, it's all... Fear base. Fear. There's only something like 30% of your decisions are actually yours. Where you're like, I want this from life. And so I'm going to do this. And I'm going to go to college. And I'm going to go there. But even those decisions, really, when you look at the microcosm of what affected that decision, why do you want to go to college? Because you're afraid you're not going to get a good job Mm -hmm. without it. Or that was instilled in your head, go to college if you want to be somebody from your so you're afraid you're not going to be somebody. I got to be somebody. My grandparents want me to go to college. Or you're afraid my grandparents won't be proud of me, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. But yeah, mm. you think about how many things are based in fear and then you you realize like something like that makes a lot of sense. What happened to you shapes your fear. So like in my uh, growing up, what happened to me, which I talked about a long time ago, early episodes, mm. I was around people who I didn't like how they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember men. those conversations. There was, yeah. m- there was men that were in a position of influence in my yeah. life and I just didn't like how they carried themselves and right. I thought that, that they could be better, basically. Right. And they did some things that I just didn't agree with. That's deep. And so what happened to me was by being around those people early on, I looked more deeply at my own behavior. Mm. I told you that was deep. Am I ever ever being like these people? And then what happened to me later on in life, like Carl said, is as you're a young male and you're growing up, there's always some potential for bullying or there's always Mm -hmm. some potential for harassment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What happened to me was experiencing that there was no person in a position of authority that had your back. You're on your own 100%, no matter how much they tell you you're safe at a public school. What happened to me was very different than that. So what happened to me growing up is I had to learn how to use my mouth and my words just as much as fight. I had to learn the art of not being able to, or not uh, getting into the fight in the first place. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it's all really in many ways, or at least 70% of it is what happened to you. Yeah. So this is what I find myself in. Now I'm a protector Mm -hmm. because of the bully. So I find myself not even realizing I'm standing up for somebody else. Yeah. Because of what I experienced. Or like pulling someone into your circle because you feel like yeah, they're yeah, worthy. Yeah, 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 man. And other people yeah, don't. Exactly. Because right. I didn't, and I look back, and like I said, that's a teenage boy. That's a good part of him. But the other part is him wanting to smack the shit out of somebody. <laughs> right. He got to chill out. Like, that's chill not how out. you handle Little shit. Carl. You can't chill, handle Carl everything Jr. like that. You know what I mean? Because yeah. now, yeah. like, I, I truly have no fear when it comes to knuckling up. It's, it's, it, but that doesn't make it 
Right. It's like shit. Like, gosh, man, you can't. You know what I always say? It's not the fight. It's how you feel afterwards. You know what I mean? I, I don't care how much you win. It doesn't always feel good afterwards if when you win. You know, sometimes afterwards you feel a little bit like, oh, man, I really fucking hurt yeah, somebody. Yeah. And, you know, it's things like that. Uh, mental health is a funny thing because the sometimes the very thing that you're proud of one day, the very next day you're <laughs> you ashamed feel like of. Because with some clarity you're like, oh, yeah. that was all ego or whatever happened. So I don't. I think for uh, the awareness of your own self is probably the foundation of the beginning of your mental health journey. Is like the things of, that you're aware of in your own mind that you don't like. I remember. Uh, when I was younger, the thing that I always felt was that I never fit in. Yeah. And so I would go a place and there'd be really friendly people who wanted to mm-hmm. take me in and wanted me to be a part of their group. Okay. I never feel like I fit in. So even though they were trying to make me feel right. like I fit in, my instinct was they don't like me. Shit. Yeah, that's deep. And uh-huh. so I would often self-sabotage these really yeah. great groups of people who just wanted to be my friend. And I'd keep them all at an arm's length because my mental health told me, I don't really fit in here. And eventually these people are going to turn against me and hurt me. Right. And that was because of things that happened to me. So what else you got over there? Yeah. What oh, called? shit. Um, that's a good question. I'm glad you would segue into that because this is a dope book that we can, that all of our experiences, we can take this. A dope it. book? I thought we were doing mental health. What? A dope book. You can't I, use drug I reference to Carl. Book. He doesn't get it. <laughs> Oh, I didn't know what he said. <laughs> a dope. He says a dope book. Yeah, so I was like, well, so you know how like sometimes hug. we make ourselves sound old. You make yourself sound <sighs> no, really young, right there. Just, that, was that was a white joke. Sorry, girl. <laughs> Everything happens for a reason. Finding the true meaning of events in our lives. Everything Christian happens bomb? for a reason. So I, that sounds like a continuation. Like what happened to you is realizing shit happened, and then that's, oh, that book shit happens. For okay, a I got this shit in the dope order. Bro. Yeah, you do because that one, that one then sounds like okay. Well, here's what happened to me, but then what did it do to me? Yeah. So I think um, I look at me, me not having a dad in my life, mm-hmm. other than me. Be your daddy. I'll be your daddy. You were just we my mom. You were just my mama boyfriend. Is. That's all you. Were. You was just my. Hey, mom. I was a very significant part you of her life. You were my mama boyfriend. You weren't with me shooting you in the gym. You weren't no me. I was a significant gym. I was a significant part of her life for two weekends. Don't deny me that. All right, fine. You did bring us some Popeyes. I did. <laughs> Popeyes chicken is a establishment <laughs> that took place in. No, anyway, brought to you by Maddie J. They don't know about that, but um. The love that my mom instilled in me, the way she raised me, the way she showed me, the way she took care of me, the way she went in was like, I got to raise this boy. I got to do right. So she was just like everything. So I, I benefited from her saying, okay, I got to compensate for him. And she didn't do it in the way that, you know, enabled me or or or, or blocked. She just did it in a way like, because cause when, when she left my dad, she told him, when he turns 18, I'm gonna bring him back to you, and I'm gonna show you what I make, what he's become. But he died when I was 10, so that never happened. Right. But um, she wanted her revenge. If you <laughs> right, exactly. I'm gonna Robert show you what Carl friend. became. Yeah, without but you. the way she raised me, and then I had my aunts and my grandparents and my uncles was a truly a village. Yeah. So Takes I had village. that dope experience with all of them that just raised me. Like, so I never felt like I was coming from a place of lack right. as a man. I had my uncle who was my everything. This guy uh, took me to wrestling matches, took me to concerts. Um, when I was playing in summer league basketball games, I would go up. It was, it was like driving up from here to like uh, Eugene. And I would go mm-hmm. see him. He would take me to the bit. So I, ha- I had it all covered. 
You know what I mean? So, and this is a crazy thing. So my dad had four kids, right, by three different women. And the funny thing about, because you know how you ever hear like so many people can experience, can, can, can experience the same, can not experience the same shit, but like, okay, here's an example. So my, my, my dad didn't raise any of his kids. He right. was dead before he could raise. <laughs> and then the oldest one, they never spent time with him. But all of us went about our lives in a different way. Like, you can look at me, you look at my two sisters, and you'd be like, y'all doing all right. But you look at my brother, who is fucked up. My brother's stone cold addict, fucked up. And whatever happened with not having my dad really fucked him up. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, damn. It affected him differently. I mean, and then, and, and my mom realized your brother is your dad. I said, shit. Damn. Or he's becoming him very no, quickly. No, he yep. already is. My brother's 56. Yep. <laughs> he forever, he's been in that spot. Like, shit, whatever he didn't get from my dad, whatever, well, for what reasons, you becoming, because my, my brother's not even a good father to his kids. He hasn't been, been available. You know what I mean? So the same shit our dad did, you doing. So it's that crazy shit. Like, I can relate man, to that. I can like, see that with my siblings. And so I have a lot of compassion and empathy for him. My brother, he gets on my nerves. A lot, but I have empathy capacity. That's a contractual obligation as a brother. I get what <laughs> happened, happened to you. Right. And so what's the reason? Everything happens for a reason. So in that case, you're saying the reason is to help formulate you into a better version of yeah. what was possible through mm-hmm. your bloodline. Yeah, because it didn't stop there. Whatever you experienced, that doesn't define you. Right. No. It don't stop there. And then like we said earlier, it's mm-hmm. it's a motivator because now it becomes a fear. Right? Yeah. A fear of turning out that way. So you got somebody like him and all, all of us, those three, mm-hmm. we fucking amazing dads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? And then you well, look at what could have been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we didn't go. We, we all could have been shitty ass dads. Yeah. There's this belief in the the eastern world anyway that uh you know, you sort of have a mission on the planet mm-hmm. and then like in if you don't get it, you just kind of keep coming back over and over again. <laughs> You're smart enough to finally get it. Oh, that's what I was supposed to do. Right. Yeah, that's and, what I'm and some people call it karma. You got to go back to the future. Hey, Doc. Right. Hey, Doc, what did I do wrong here? You got to keep going well, back. you have five kids you never Marty, met. Marty, get right. in the car. Marty. You got to take her to school. You've never met your son. <laughs> you still have Marty. kids and you never met any one of them. You keep having yeah. kids. Marty, you forgot about this kid. <laughs> oh, Marty, shit, Doc. Your son got a wicked do. jump shot. Get in the car. Let's go. <laughs> Marty, get the car, your son's LeBron James. Oh, shit. We gotta go back to the timeline. <laughs> Just names them out. Marty, get back here. LeBron James is your son. Get in the car. Oh, shit. I better get in that car. <laughs> Fuck, dude. And what that has helped me to be able to say this question, what happened to you, is when I come across people who are, um, it's, uh, maybe I feel threatened by them or something that makes me want to like, I'm gonna fuck you up. But th- guess what? <clears throat> something happened to them. Yep. Right. Yep. Right. Yep. 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 I think and that's the biggest thing as humans is being able to understand mm-hmm. that, take a step back, and, you know, because people are so easy to judge by some, oh, they're a drug addict. Fuck that person. It's like, no, there's something talk, that happened to that person that talk, they yeah. don't know how to deal with it. They don't know how to deal and with it. You should have some it. empathy for that person. <laughs> yeah. And realize, yeah, maybe they've made yeah. a ton of bad decisions and they fucked their life over and they keep making the bad decisions, but. There's, you know, a deeper rooted deeper. problem mm-hmm. in there. It's deeper than just the surface of that's a drug addict. Why are they a drug addict? Why are they crazy? Why are they fucking making these bad decisions? It's because of things that were never dealt with. Right. And I think people uh, oftentimes fear 
the idea of counseling or therapy because it's going to somehow shine a light on something <laughs> that's that, you, it. that yeah. you don't like. Yeah. But it's like the whole point of it is to shine a light on and something that's wrong with you. That's the whole point of therapy. That's the whole point. That means something's wrong with me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. tap into that. Right. I and, think, and if you get if you get in your head the idea that something's wrong with all of us at every point in time, you're never you're never perfect. I don't care how many thousands no. of dollars you spend on therapy. There's still something wrong with you at every yeah. point in time. I will. I you know, and it could be something tiny. Yeah, but it's it's always there, and that's that shit manifested. The idea of mental health mm. is uh, in the seventies and sixties. The idea was like terrifying because if you said too much about not feeling normal, you got straight institutionalized mm. by your family because they didn't want to deal with you, and you were embarrassment. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> they and, and the slightest thing Ooh. that you did that wasn't normal could get you institutionalized. Yeah. And so now all of a sudden, if you feel like you're always sad, you're terrified to tell anybody because God forbid, you're going to end up in a hospital mm -hmm. where they don't treat you well. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. you move into the eighties and the stigma of mental health was around weakness. So yeah. if you expressed yeah, yeah, yeah. anything other than yeah. perfection, yeah. you were a weak person and that you weren't strong enough. And then as you moved into the nineties, mental health started to change because uh, the the generation in the 90s was so hell-bent on hating everything around them. It was like, we hate society. We hate this. And we hate that. Mm -hmm. And for the first time, you had to confront to yourself in the 90s that, like, okay, well, if I hate everything around me, mm. is it everything around me that's the problem? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, or is it really right. me? Yeah. And the beautiful thing is moving into the 2000s, um, there's more empathy around it and there's more uh, types of counseling that all of a mm -hmm. sudden become available. It wasn't yeah, specialized just, in certain areas. Right. It wasn't just one size fits all. All of a sudden there were counselors for addiction and then there was counselors for marriage and there was mm -hmm. counselors for, for every yourself. Stuff. Eating disorders, everything. Right, which is really better <clears throat> because you didn't have that one size fits all approach. And right. so now we're existing in the 2020s and the real thing that's happened is uh, people with COVID mm -hmm. saw their own mental health decline very quickly. And anybody that's honest with themselves when they went through that 15 months of quarantine and masks and all of this stuff, it changes who you are. It, mm -hmm. make, it either makes you angry or it makes you sad or it makes you fearful. It makes you something. And if you're honest with yourself, everybody went through that pandemic felt a change in their mental health for yeah, the worse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Most of it was mm -hmm. for the worse. Mm -hmm. And you asked me if I had any friends. I could tell you right now, doing COVID, my comedy buddies, fucked them up. because Oh, God, yeah. I was, had people calling me like, tell me there's a show you can get that me That shit, dude, exactly, yeah, because that was their identity. Right, yeah. right. Being on stage, getting that feedback, getting that response, getting that reaction, right. and the financial piece. Damn. You know what I mean? So that was the grind of like, I need this validation. Right. And, and I need, I need this, this money. money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I need to get this yeah. money. But mm. what's cool about now is uh, a lot of the advances in mental health have been more around society's acceptance and less around any breakthroughs and right. treatment of mental health. And totally. so now it's become mm -hmm. very normal yeah. for, a, and in fact, it's uh, if for a potential dating partner, it's become mm -hmm. very healthy if somebody that you're seeing talks about the fact that they go to counseling yeah. and that they're mm -hmm. actively pursuing their mm -hmm. mental health. But I think what's safe mm. is this kind of stuff. So like if you're on the fence about mental health and you haven't talked to anybody about stuff going on in your family, because it doesn't have to be your stuff. And that's the other thing that people, you know, it's not always you. It's like if you're that single mom 
that's raising kids on your own and you're on the edge because you're constantly pushed too hard and you don't have enough money and time mm-hmm. and ability and you're no one's helping you that affects your mental health every bit as much as somebody who thinks wow that's weird i talk a little too much yeah. to myself mm-hmm. in the back of my mm-hmm. head or maybe i'm a little too uh, ocd about stuff right so uh if you're on the fence about it these books are a great way to start like just on your own yeah being a little honest with yourself they force you to uh, examine your thought patterns and behavior. Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head because I was, I was doing some, you know, self-reflecting, and I took a trip to the Barnes and Nobles. Right. And this is just some of my books. So I took a trip to Barnes and Nobles because I'm like, I want to learn. I'm, I'm, I'm learning more about myself, and I want to see you know, what it's all about. Cause I'm just yeah. not going to be like, well, I'm good. And it was like, no, I I'm totally learn. fine. Yeah. Cause I <laughs> nothing's ever fucked me up. I've never liked settling. And if something comes up for me, that's the universe. God, whoever you want to say is source, whatever you want to call it is telling me, let's get in touch with self. Cause now it's time to grow, go to another level. Yeah. Right? And that's all it is yeah. for me to evolve. Like, <clears throat> yeah, that's a good point. Uh, if, if anybody uh, out there hasn't mm. gone through any of that stuff or hasn't started looking at it, um, that's the reward is that it does all of a sudden feel like growth. Mm-hmm. Well, even when you start analyzing your own individual behavior, I mean, for example, it's like, why do I do the things in the order yeah, that I, I do them every morning? Is it because I like that or is it because it's the most efficient or mm-hmm. for example, like examining my own behavior, mm-hmm. I identified that everything I do I'm locked into efficiency. Like mm-hmm. I'm so rigid about the order of things because I feel it should be mm-hmm. this faster this way and it's more efficient yeah. this way. But in examining that, realizing that I'm very rigid about it. So I like to plan the thing. Like if we're going to do a group thing, I like to be the guy because I feel like somebody <laughs> else is going to fuck it up. Right. And that comes from producing shows uh-huh. and things like that. Yeah, like yeah. I'm the leader. And yeah, if, yeah. if I'm not doing it, they will forget about these important details. Yep. And it's like that requires you to look at yourself and go, Am I maybe a little too much? Mm-hmm. Could I maybe unclench a little bit? Could I maybe give the people around me a chance to prove themselves to me so that I don't think yeah. I have to do and it And give all. yourself right. a chance. Right. Right. And then so, you grow. Mm-hmm. Give yourself a chance. Let go. Let, and you give room. them a chance and they grow yep. at and the same time as you do. As a dad, man, raising my daughters, I always ask them to uh, please <laughs> focus on <laughs> sex like pass the dirty <laughs> on the left on the side, man. <laughs> I always encourage, <laughs> I, I want my daughters to please focus on being the best version of yourself, being that independent person. Like, it's, it's very important to make sure it has, has, a, has, a, has, has a unit mm-hmm. when you're with your significant other, because two of my daughters are married. Right. And no, actually, two of them are married, and two of them has, have significant other boyfriends. And I always want them, don't depend on that other person like that. Uh-uh. Because, uh, and it goes back to like, um, when you share in a household, as a man, and this what I and this my issue with me, my like I'm looking at my daughters like as a man, but it's like oh that's me, <laughs> right? <laughs> that's not their guy, right? I, they don't true. see like so I had to back up, but like okay, that's not how he's gonna be. That's, that's just how I do. would be in that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. As a man, like I don't. That makes sense. Yeah, so I had to ease up. Like, well, let them figure it out because they know how I am. I always say, hey, you see the way I treat you, the way I love you. Make sure they do that same thing. And guess what? No, it won't happen. Right. Because because the, the way I... You can't the, teach somebody not to touch the burner. Yeah. And so it's one thing. Like, <laughs> Until well, they touch cause, it. Because I cherish my daughters. My daughters are like the world to me. Like watching them become women and being protected. Like, so, but I'm like, fuck, man. Not every guy. 
on road like that because right. they don't have that going on in them. Like, you know, they could be the opposite for whatever happened to them. They don't respect Ooh. women. They don't Ooh. have that. Ooh. You know what I mean? They don't have that thing because whatever happens, they're like, I don't know what it means to have a fucking mom, dad. I don't know. I don't know how to treat a woman because I ain't see that shit. Oh, I saw it this way. It's like, so I got to let them walk their walk and figure it out. Right. Right. So what else is down the line? Okay. This is something that a lot of men, like, this is something that hit me hard a few years ago. Right before I was uh, settling down with Jessica's uh, emotional intelligence. You know what it means to have emotional intelligence? What that means? Yeah, read the back of it. <laughs> read the back of this. Get smart about your emotions. Right. I'm Wit, lying. talent, and skill are not enough to lead a fulfilling life. Other crucial factors for success and happiness are your ability to manage feelings, interact effectively with others, and handle stressful situations in healthy ways. Mm. In Gil Hassan's emotional intelligence, you'll learn essential strategies for heightening your emotion mm-hmm. quotient. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of book to read if you have trouble at work. It's funny. Hey, you don't, it's you don't funny realize you said it. that because the shit says your life and career. Yeah, no, it's really true, man. If you have if you have trouble at work, um, you would be surprised at how much uh, a lot of that trouble. Yeah. Like, for example, if you're unhappy is what I mean. Right. I don't, I don't mean if you got in trouble for smoking weed. Yeah. <laughs> this book ain't going to help or you. Or smoking a fake cigarette. How do I get past man? this drug test? I'm on lunch break, Barbara. Damn you, Barbara. I got to get one cigarette a day. Let me have this. <laughs> but the thing about uh, getting smart about your emotions, it's a uh, quick, quick example of this. I worked in the hospital in the supply department. It was my job to deliver medical supply to all the different departments within the hospital. So I'd have a cart and I would they'd give me orders. I'd fill the orders and then I would basically deliver it to them, mm-hmm. which meant I had to interact with everybody in the hospital mm-hmm. that was in a managerial position. Mm-hmm. And as you know, some managers mm-hmm. are good. Some managers are difficult, right? Because we don't leave jobs, we leave management. Right. And some yeah. managers are downright horrible, right? And so Word up. I was the new guy, FNG, if you will. And so, of course. Fucking new guy? Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to. Yeah. Um, uh, so, of course, the, yeah, FN, the FNG. Fingered get, new guy. <laughs> gets all the new jobs that nobody wants, or the jobs nobody wants, right? Because they're the new guy. It's oh, like, yeah. Ah, yeah. Let's yeah. send him to the places where. Oh, I did right? some shit. And so uh, this kind of thing was really helpful because there was a great situation where I was sent up to deal with this woman who was in charge of a department. She was so infamous for being horrible to people around her that people were afraid to interact with her, literally afraid to even talk to her or make eye contact for fear that they would have to interact with her. She was known as a bully. She was known to yell at people and berate them and make them feel stupid. And it was a big deal. Mm. Like so Lady and Matilda, these grown ass men mm-hmm. that I had just started working with at the hospital who had been in this job for a long time were like, Mm-mm, nope. And so they sent me up there. Right. So I'm this fresh kid. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. 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 I go up there. This lady lights into me, of course, like she's done to everybody else. And she's yelling at me about how I got the order wrong. And it's actually correct. It's what they ordered. And I could show her, you know, the printout. This is what you sent me. This is what's on the cart. Doesn't matter. She wants to be right, right? So she's just screaming, berating me. This happens like three or four times. I think the fifth time, for whatever reason, I was having a bad day. And I go up. She's yelling and screaming in my face. Mm. And I just looked her right in the face and told her to fuck off. <laughs> and she was not used to that, right? So many people were afraid of yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. She was just uh-huh. flabbergasted. 
She was flabbergasted. She did not ever, no one stood up mm-hmm. to her, right? And she gave me this look, and I thought for a minute she was going to eat me alive. <laughs> she looked like she was probably about Wrong to. answer. And then she, she looks really intensely into my eyes and goes, you know what? I like you. And they've been together ever since. Yeah. <laughs> we have 17 <laughs> children. You know what? I will fuck off. Right. I'll fuck you off. Get over here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe we, maybe we can fuck off together. <laughs> Get over here. But, Get over here. I'm going to fuck you off, Maddie. <laughs> so the, the moral of the story is in that situation, I chose violence, right? Like, I didn't handle that well. Yeah, yeah. You, you got, matched her energy. I got, I got really lucky. You matched her energy. I got really lucky that yeah. her response wasn't worse. I did that one time. Now, got fast popped forward, in the mouth. Right, fast forward years later, I'm working in a, a real estate company, oh, and there's shit. a really difficult woman to You're work like, with. I've done this before. And <laughs> this woman is doing everything she can to make it horrible for everyone around mm-hmm. her. And the reason why is she was actually unhappy with where she worked. She wanted to leave but wouldn't. And so she was making everybody else around her miserable right. as a reflection damaged of her people. Thing. At damage this point, people. it's her years, people, her people. There we go. At this point, it's years later, and I have emotional intelligence on emotional. my side. Emotional. And it's so in emotional damage. Emotional damage. Instead of <laughs> reacting in that same way of violence, if you will, like, you know what? Fuck you. Right, right. My emotional intelligence realized that this woman was lashing out for something that had nothing mm-hmm. to do with me. Yep. And so it allowed me to literally just yep. be really calm and collected and tell that her. That happened to me this last weekend. Tell God. her, like, I'm not yeah. I'm not going to do this with you. I'm not going to engage in this with yep. you. I realize that you're upset, but you're not going to be able to get me to that point of also right. being upset. So we have to either agree to disagree mm-hmm. and not talk about it. Yeah. Or, or I need fuck. you to adjust your expectations of mm-hmm. me getting mad about this. Right. And it's that kind of thing that helps you in your career deal with difficult people. And it also helps you realize uh, a little bit in relationships if you might be with the wrong person and you're sort of getting bullied in certain ways because you're allowing it yeah. to happen. That's, That's an emotional point. intelligence point, too. Totally. So these kind of books about emotional intelligence are not about making you feel stupid. It's about giving you coping skills for and understanding that who you're dealing well, with. Well, we read the rest of because, like portion. you said, it has nothing to do with me. Right. Right. Go so ahead. the rest of this was in Gil Hassan's emotional intelligence. You learn essential strategies for heightening your EQ, which will help you recognize and navigate the emotions of others as well as your own. Mm-hmm. Hassan explains how to, and these are all the bullet points: be more assertive and confident. Express how like saying fuck you. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, then come fuck I say me. That shit easily, huh? High five. Now, by <laughs> the way, say it like Ice Cube. Put a spin on. Fuck. You got to use that. That F should sound fuck. like a gunshot. Fuck you. Fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> Express how you feel, what you want, and what you don't want. Understand what others are feeling and forge stronger relationships. Handle difficult situation, events, and other people. Manage office politics and navigate the social complexities Boom. of the workplace. Boom. Manage anxiety, anger, and disappointment. Deal with oh, bullying, fuck. Carl. That's a big one. Motivate and inspire <laughs> others. Carl's flexing his titties. Yeah. Carl flex. Deal with bullying how to, flexing how, his titties. How to flex your titties like Carl Lee. How to mesmerize your bullies with your titties. <laughs> so... Levi gave us the cue that we got to wrap it up. So here is the last book. You about to say something, Levi? Go ahead, dog. Echo Proof Book Club. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. So this is 15 things you should give up to be happy. Now, the thing is. Don't take away my joints, Carl. There we go. So the thing is, I hope my joints aren't in that book. What people Joints custody. 
what people I don't know if, if if people consciously are trying to be happy because that's it. Like when you think about, oh, I want a relationship, I want this job, I want this. But the, if you really think about, it, you just want to be happy, right? You just mm-hmm. want to be able to have enjoy life, enjoy the moments because money don't make you happy. The things you can do with it, enjoy it. You know what I mean? Relationships right. don't make you happy. It's experience. So, and that's the thing about it. a lot of people don't, they always looking at, I got to have this in order to be happy. It's like, no, right. you might want to work on being happy before you get that so you can sustain that. So you can enjoy it. There's that common it. saying of like, once this happens, then this and happens. And it will never so it's like, be. It's like, oh, well, once I get my house paid off, things will be perfect. So no, they and, won't. And they how won't. about you, Maddie? When you bought this house, is you were you saying in 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 order for me to be happy, I got to get this house. I can't. When I get this house, I'm gonna be so happy. I got this house like we talked about earlier in the episode. Very much in a place of fear. Mm-hmm. I was in a place of fear about rent going up and mm-hmm. up and up, and me mm-hmm. not being able to compete with that. And I better mm-hmm. lock in a rate now that I know I can afford mm-hmm. because if you don't, it's just gonna go up. Mm-hmm. Um, fear of not being able to provide for my kids. I knew as my Ooh. kids got older, they want to move in with me, and I better have a place. And I really wanted them to have a great there place you go. Yeah. after after their experience. And not that they didn't have a great place, but they they've had a difficult experience in the last few years. So I wanted to provide a really yeah yeah exactly nice tranquil setting for them that gave them their own space and they yeah. had ownership of it. And so I bought it from all sorts of places in yeah. fear. But uh, once I got it, it it's only replaced with the now a new set of fears. It's yeah. like now it's like, well, the that's roof is going to hold up. That's what exactly what I was yeah. asking. Yeah. There's a water leak. Yes, exactly. And, because and once is I get Levi house, ever going to leave after we film or is yeah. he going to stay here for two hours? <laughs> is he going to put his pants back on? Right. Is he going to ever wear pants? Why is his dick always out? And that's why I asked that because <laughs> once I get his house, I'll be happy. Once I get his house, I'll be happy. No, guess what? Now you got to clean that bitch. Yeah. Now you got a whole new set of problems. Now I got to cut this grass. I got to keep the plumbing going. I got all those. And that's what like, I always. There's actually myself. a center in your brain responsible for that chemical reaction that always keeps you going to the next thing, mm-hmm. and it's done at a survival uh, uh, instinct. It, it's kind of like a reflex in your brain that's there to help you progress, and it's the reason why we have things like medicine and electricity. And right. stuff like that. It's because it's that constant human desire for more to keep pushing. Mm. Like we went to Mars. Now we want to go further. We went to this, you know, we got, we can see in our galaxy. Now we want to see further outside. Right. There's always that push for more and more and more. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's healthy and it's unhealthy depending on what you're pushing towards. Yeah. But, um, that's why I think, you know, when it's saying things you should give up to be happy, it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of those yeah. things are there. Tell us, tell us what it says, my man. When PurposeFairy.com founder Luminita D. Savyuk posted a list of things to let go in order to be happy, she had no idea that it would go viral. It has since been shared more than 1.2 million times in counting, which probably doubled since this book came out, if I'm being honest. Based on that inspiring post, the heartfelt book gives readers permission to give up. That is, to let go of the bad habits that are holding them back from achieving authentic happiness and living their best lives. Lessons include give up the past. Give up your limiting beliefs. Mm. Give up blaming. Wow. Give up the need to always be right. Give up labels. And give up attachment. And for me with this, this is all, these are all things that affect relationships with other people. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily just your fellows, but this is all stuff that affects the relationships Mm -hmm. with other people, which in turn plays a key in your happiness. So now 
replace that bullshit with something healthier. Yeah. Because you don't even, some people don't, right. wouldn't know how to function without doing those things. Give up your past, focus on the future. Yeah, exactly. Because we wake up to the past. Right. That's what I learned. Some of our first thoughts when we wake up to is what happened yesterday or. And that, that, that makes for the victim mentality. That's yeah, what happens. Yeah. So me, you wake, I wake up to the future now. I have to because I want to, I want to be a part of creating my reality. I don't want to just be going through the motions in my environment is responsible for creating my reality because it's like, if I'm going to react yeah, to my environment, right. I'm going I'm to be fucked. Well, think about, you know, like our, our podcast, we always try to talk about things that are interesting or also going to be helpful to you and your growth right. and stuff like that. But, yeah. um, so having gone through this and read this material, if you were to, you know, in our cliff notes generation, if you were going to sum it up for young men or for older men that are interested in mental health, mm-hmm. What would you say out of these books that you're taking away as that those kind of bullet points, you know, those advice pieces that you would give for people who are looking at their mental health and deciding, like, where do I go from here? That's a good question because there can be several answers for that. Yeah. But the thing that you would do is you would have empowerment. Right. It's about you. You empower yourself, not your environment, not the people you come across. Take your power, keep your power. It's yours. It's nobody else's. So that's the thing about it's like you walk this like earth, getting you, control back, getting control mm-hmm. back, and feeling that way is like understanding it, and growth. Yeah, and it has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with your cover. Has mm-hmm. it? Is that's yours? So mm-hmm. you you handle that and watch what it does for you. Keep that right in yours, and then and and, and because something that I that I've meditated on was like Corinthians, love is and all those things that Corinthians says. Love is kind. Love is all that. And I was, the dawn on me years ago, I was like, wait a minute, that's everything I need to be in order to be whole mm, right. and in order to be a blessing. Mm-hmm. Because everything that you, whatever you got going on in you, you're going to carry that shit somewhere else and somebody's going to get it. So I'm making a conscious effort. Whatever I bring to you, you're going to leave that much uh, better of a person, you're gonna feel like, man, I had a good time with Carl. Like, I'm, I'm gonna bring, I don't wanna come in being a burden a, and take it from big, you. It's a big point, too, of like, uh, you're being, uh, by doing that, you're being more comfortable <clears throat> in your rea- or your reflections and things that rub off on other people. Yeah. So, like, a, a friend of mine once said, I was talking about having sleeping problems, and he, he said it as a snide remark, but at the same time, there's some wisdom in it. And he goes, My grandfather always said, a clean mind sleeps fast. Mm. Right. And, and so he was saying it like, oh, yeah, you got a dirty mind. You know, yeah, you're, yeah. You're, but but in reality, there's some wisdom in that tiny mm-hmm. little nugget. Mm-hmm. What it really should have said is that a content mind goes to sleep faster. Yeah. And so when there's turmoil in your in your mind, yeah, when there's mental health um, right. issues going on or when you feel like something is wrong, uh, oftentimes little things like how you interact with other people. Um, can give you some sense of control. You can control how you interact with other people as you start learning about emotional intelligence. Right. And then that can give you a sense of control within yourself. Yeah, it does. It does. And it imagine. builds this yeah. confidence ladder. Yep. And then pretty soon what happens is you're 100% confident in all of your interactions with people mm-hmm. around you because you know no matter what was going on that day, I gave my best to everyone yeah. around me. And so even if I feel like I failed at certain things, the one thing I didn't fail at was everyone around me. Yeah. Right. Because wherever you go, there you are. Right. Meaning, oh. meaning 
I'm hanging out with Zach. Zach going to get this attention. Yeah. I go well, to work. Gonna get what Carl? Yeah. What, what you going to get? You're going to get the same Carl. Right, I go to work. Right, they're right. going to get the same Carl. I'm not yeah. going to have to. I'm just coming in. I'm comfortable with what I'm bringing. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. What we got next, Zach? What's up? What's up? What y'all think it is? What the fuck, fat? I don't know what the button's at right well, now. Well, hit the sonic so. guy. I don't want to fuck. I didn't want to Let's see. Let's take a. <laughs> it was nope. funny. It was funny. I was a better button. Did you see no. how? No. No. I didn't okay, that. I'm not on the right one. No. <laughs> I thought that was the a button, Maddie. One step. Jesus. I'm going to wait until you get it. This right. Oh, my God. Hey. That was it. That's it. Hey, what the <laughs> fuck? Facts. All right, here we go, guys. <laughs> I, I didn't. What the fuck? I hope sex with you is not like that. No, like wait, just wait, hitting all these different what, buttons. Like right, I think it's this. Let me lick your nipple. Right. <laughs> Let me lick your nipple. <laughs> Let me stick it in your ear. <laughs> all right. Here's here's fun fact number one. <laughs> <laughs> it just took him a minute to get before that. toilet paper became common in the U.S. Rabbits. Americans. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think people dope. use. Yeah. Americans would often use regular paper. A national favorite the was the uh, was the newspaper farmers. What's that word? Is that? I'm glad shit. Oh my god! Farmers yeah. almanac. Farmers almanac. Yeah, there you You read them shit. Which had a handy hole in upper left corner so it could be hung in outhouses <laughs> for both toilet paper and reading material. They even declared May six read your farmers almanac in the bathroom day. You sound like the smartest slave. You felt like you sound like you the one that I got hope, a book. I hope those farmers weren't using the same bathroom. You sound like you got a book. You felt like the slave that got a hold of a book. We oh learn how to read Kunta. All right. I, I hope they weren't using the same bathroom because then like some farmers were operating under incomplete information because like pages are missing. <laughs> exactly. They're like planting their crops exactly. at the wrong time. How I get out of your shit? No, that's the one. I know, but I'm trying how to. How do you get it? out of grinder on Carl's phone? It's not. Will you back out of grinder for fuck's sake? Oh, there we go. Okay, I can read it. Like oh, there we go. Some windows. Oh, just fucking the mist, dude. Oh, there we go. Okay. Lord. What the fuck fact? <laughs> what the fuck fun fact number one two five six two? <laughs> the dunce cap was once a sign of intelligence. The thirteenth century Scottish philosopher and theologian John Dun Scotus, whose followers were known as dunsmen, mm-hmm. believed the tall, pointed caps would serve as a reverse funnel for wisdom which would be summoned into the tip from the natural world and flow into the brain down below. Because that doesn't sound hokey as fuck. Isn't that the crazy shit? Because if you look back, Jeez. that's what the teachers used to put the kids in the corner and the dunce that cap. dunce cap on them, thinking, well, he get the fuck out of that corner, he's going to be smarter than he was. No. <laughs> no, Price that was 3. no. 3.1647297568147256672. And they're like, damn, how did man. he fuck it? <laughs> exactly. How did he know all the numbers to He pie? came out of the corn with a British accent. Uh, uh, teacher, I would apologize for my behavior. Miss uh, Sullivan, I'm so sorry for <laughs> acting like rubbish earlier. Exactly. <laughs> if my classmates wouldn't mind, I would like to all bring them some cookies and tea tomorrow. <laughs> some crumpets. Call all right. Oh, Ronald Reagan, go. Dwight D. Eisenhower, Franklin Roosevelt, and George W. Bush and other George W. Bush were all these in the high school. Slave owners. Oh. No, I know. I think I know what this was because I know what George W. Bush was. Dude. He was a cheerleader for Penn State. Am so I I'm wrong, guessing. though, Carl? Was it Penn State? Or it was but Penn State. But am I wrong? It was Penn State. But am I wrong, though, Carl? Well, let me well, check. It was Penn State. Was I wrong? Because slavery was did, did, out did, by did then. I, did I stutter? 
<laughs> it was Penn State. I'm pretty sure. Let me check. I think slavery was done by then. So really? <laughs> oh, that's deep. That's deep, Maddie. I thought he went to a Texas school. All right. What was the real question again? I'm sorry. I got on a tangent. What about it? Roosevelt, Reagan, the Bushes, Eisenhower mm-hmm. were all cheerleaders in high school. Oh, yeah. Male cheerleaders. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I do remember that. I love that. the way that you said Dwight Eisenhower's name. Okay. D-White Eisenhower. D-White. <laughs> you know, the white one. The white one. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of Black Eisenhower was actually my uh, favorite. I, it's a Yale Black Damn, Eisen- it was Yale. <laughs> Black yeah. Eisenhower had more progressive policies. He yeah, I know he, sounds like I know a Kanye his, album. He's from Texas, <laughs> Black though. Black Eisenhower's. All right, here's the last one. We <laughs> Coming up, up on the next Kanye record, Black Eisenhower. That's right. crazy. Research done at Wake Forest University found that this decreased the intensity of a <laughs> subject's pain 40% and the feeling of unpleasantness that comes with pain by 50%, 57. Increase Meanwhile, it. morphine reduced pain by 25. What do you think increased it? Wait, 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 read it again. I was trying to find it. No, it decreased. No, it decreased uh, the intensity of pain by 40% and the feeling of unpleasantness that comes with pain by 57%. Meanwhile, morphine reduced pain by just 25. Heroin. No, so it's something that we don't <laughs> do. It's something that we actually do. You don't even realize we're doing it all the time, and it can be taken in negative shit or it can be taken in positive shit. Mm. Mm. Uh, what do you mean? Uh, meditation. My man. Yep. Oh. Yep. Meditation. So meditation. That's how the monks did it. But research done at Wake Forest University, which is in North Carolina, mm-hmm. found that meditation decreased the intensity of a subject's pain by 40% and the feeling of unpleasantness that comes with pain by 57%. That's Meanwhile, morphine just reduced it pain by just 25 what? But if you were to take both, oh shit! So now you have only five percent to ten percent pain because you have the meditation on the morning. Now you're walking on sunshine. Listen to Maddie. Oh, I got yeah. some plans for everybody. We're gonna walking meditate on at morphine. Uh, yeah. Welcome to the Maddie party. I'm walking on sunshine. Here's your meditation mat and your complimentary morphine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, the last thing I want to say about this mental health thing. Um, to me, uh, it's, it's a personal big deal because I, uh, went on my own mental health journey Mm -hmm. years ago to try to figure out ways to make certain things more comfortable. And that's what I really want to say about it. It's, uh, I never felt, uh, that, that pursuing mental health meant I was broken or anything like that. Right. But what pursuing mental health has done in trying to improve it and stuff like that is it's made life more comfortable for me. I've been able Mm -hmm. to have, uh, working with counselors or working with uh, therapists, I've been able to get these good coping skills for things that normally seemed really daunting or really painful about life. Mm -hmm. These cyclical things that happen all the time. Uh, What these books and what counseling and therapy can do is give you coping skills Mm -hmm. when those things happen Mm -hmm. so that you don't have to feel alone. And the great thing about a book is you don't have to admit to anybody anything is wrong. You can open that book and not feel weird. And then when you feel comfortable enough, after the book, that's when you take it to an actual counselor or a therapist. There's only right. so much you can do on your own. Only so much right. you can do on your own. Yeah. Yep. And it's yep. important to say that. So if you really have something in your life that causes you pain or turmoil uh, turmoil on a regular basis, you're not stuck in that. You're right. not stuck. And you have choices. Yeah, and that's the thing about it. When, when my therapist made me aware of my teenage boy, I was like, holy shit. 
Holy shit. That, that, that brought so much clarity mm-hmm. and so much opportunity for me to grow now because right. I get it. Like, oh, and I can feel him. I can actually feel that fucking teenage boy. Like, that makes sense. You know, when she was like, and, and she's just an amazing therapist. She was asking me, too, like, how was I raised? Which led her up to be like, oh, you got a teenage boy. Like, you you, you were so independent. Right. And that's yeah. why you stopped progressing. <laughs> <laughs> you were so independent. Like, your mom gave you so much growth. Like, now, that's, if anybody comes, has if they're trying to, that is like, that fucks you like, oh, shit, because I never experienced that right. until that's what my that, relationship was. So I'm that thinking concept, that I'm, concept thinking I'm of, being uh, controlled. Right. That concept is... That's what I told myself, which was like, ah, oh, you about to fuck yourself up with that, <laughs> repeating that shit. It's that concept of arrested development. Like, you, you, had, you had something that happened Tennessee. to you at that one point that literally locks you into that age you mm-hmm. are when you had to deal with it. Yeah. And then for years, yeah, you're yeah. still operating at that age yep. point until That's you realize it. that you're stuck there. Like, whoa, move him out the way a lot. Yeah. He can move, so you can move. Like, why am I not making progress? Well, it's because maybe 20... One year old, you is really in charge, and you don't realize mm-hmm. it because right. that thing that happened to you at twenty one, you never really worked past it. Yeah, right. And so you delve into your emotional intelligence, and you delve into what the reason is behind it, and what happened to you, and then things you can do to get rid of it. That's it. Four work ways with, to do either it: right get there. rid of it or work with it. Right. Or manage it because you got control. So it was like, oh, teenage boy don't have control. The, the, the grown-ass Carl got control of this. And if we were really smart, we'd be super smart and have affiliate links set up for these books. But no, we, I ain't giving we them don't. I ain't doing that shit with We don't. Else. We're not trying to get rich off of your me. mental health. or Oprah, anything. No. Oprah ain't putting nothing <laughs> in on this. Oprah, put Oprah us on the show, Oprah. Yeah. Yeah, we're not trying to make money off your misery, but go check out these books. (laughs) And uh, we appreciate all of you guys. If you have any questions for us about this episode or you have any ideas for us about future guests or questions that you'd like us to answer on the air, we hope that you contact us via heckleproof at gmail.com or heckleproofpodcast.com or anywhere that fine podcasts are streamed. Or you can reach Carl at 541. Just give out give out Carl's number on there. 54112 Angus. Like in the movie, 555. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. Carl, I hope you one day can give up smoking. I'm working on it. All right. I'm working on it. I don't know what to do about that. You were right. I'm out of it. I don't need this shit from you. I'm out of this guy. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And follow us wherever fine podcasts are streaming. Hey.